As the children are leaving this morning, let's get ready. Pastor Frank is going to come bring us the word. Let him know that you appreciate him this morning. You know, getting old is not for wimps, you know. <laughs> it just isn't. Oh, praise God. You know, the scripture says where two or three are gathered together in his name. I think we got that. He says, there am I in the midst. How would you respond if he manifested himself? And you could see the Lord right here, right now. What would your response be to him? Would you welcome him? Would you praise him? Whatever you would do, let's do it now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us. Praise your Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise your Lord Jesus. Yes. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. That's Zephaniah 3.17. He's mighty and he will save. He will do wondrous works in the midst of his people. Now let's go to uh, Matthew, the fourth chapter. I want to thank the Lord for the prophetic word confirmed yes. what the Lord put in my heart. I want to thank the praise team. You did a great job. Great job, taking us up into the mountain of the world. It was a real good time of worship there. Matthew 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness. He keeps saying all in his and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And he healed them. That God that's in the midst of us is a healing God. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. Father, I ask for the rich anointing to be upon your word, that the people will hear it will fall on good ground, and that you'll confirm your word today, Lord. Minister to the people. Let them leave here different. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you like titles for messages, I've called this one, Make Jesus Famous Again. We're living in a world right now where Jesus being defamed by many people. Most of them use his name as a curse word. That's the only time they put his name on their lips. The government don't want him. That's right. 
I've heard, I've heard leaders say when somebody got up and said, well, the scripture says this, and they said, we don't go by the scripture. We don't, we don't make decisions by the scriptures and what God says. That's your government. Oh, one president got up on television and he says, the United States is no longer a Christian nation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably some of you voted for him. Be careful in the next election who you vote for. Make sure you know the character of the person. I don't, I don't care about the other stuff. But if they believe in all this phony stuff, stay away from them. Okay, I gotta get away from politics. I get upset. Even when COVID hit and we was being controlled by the government. Now, there I go again. But that's what happened. We was being controlled by the government and they was deciding who was essential and who wasn't essential. Do you know that you weren't essential? But the abortion clinics were essential? The bars were essential? But the church, no. Someone, it was only allowed like 15 people in one church and then uh, you couldn't sing songs. You couldn't get within six feet of each other. How can I lay hands on somebody six feet away from me? Yeah, but that's what these, they wanted to control the church. They don't, want, they don't want Jesus being magnified anymore. They want the government to be magnified. They want you to think that the government is God. They want you dependent upon God. They're making, actually making slaves of people. But it's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to rise up. We, we just can't sit back any longer and be silent. You can't do it no more. You've got to talk to your neighbor. You've got to talk to your family. Get the word out. People need to hear about Jesus. As we read the scriptures, we see how Jesus became famous. How he became famous is how we're supposed to make him famous. Amen. We're supposed to do the same things he did to become famous. It said his fame went all through Israel and then it went up into Syria. Now, how many of you know back then they didn't have any cars and airplanes to get around? They had their donkey, they had their two feet. And if they was rich, they might have had a camel or a horse. But word got over into Syria that Jesus was in Jerusalem and all through Judea and all those areas, and he was healing people of all manner of diseases, all manner of sicknesses. He was delivering people from demonic powers. The word spread that fast all the way over into Syria. And they brought people from Syria to where Jesus was because they knew he was there healing people and the power of God was being made manifest. And that same Jesus is right here. I'm going to say it again. I, I'll say it over here. That was, that was low. That same Jesus is here with us. He is. 
I gotta watch. I, I used to walk around, but I gotta watch myself now. I have to get a seatbelt on his pulpit. <laughs> that word fame means a public report or a good and great actions. Good or great actions. In Acts 10 38, it said how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. Yeah, that's a good place to clap. I'm up here earning my money. He said he preached, he taught, and it didn't stop there. And then he demonstrated miracles and healings all through the land. See, in most churches today we have teaching, we have preaching, we don't have much of the supernatural power of God. You can say amen even if it hurts. I talked to somebody back where I used to live, and I'm hearing about a church there where everybody's gathering, and it's not church growth. Believe me, it's not church growth. It's people going from this church to this church. I, I was there for 20 years. I know what it was like. Church growth to me is people getting saved and coming in, not coming from this church to here or this church to there. But I said, well, what's the, what's the drawing power to your church over there? And he said, well, the preacher preaches a good word. I said, I can get that on television if I wanted to. I said, how much of the supernatural is in your church? Silence. Then he said, none. I know he prophesied. He had to get the prophecy. I said, do you get the prophesy? He said, no. He said, the preacher had a problem with one of the faith preachers, word preachers, whatever they call them today. He had a problem with it, so he shut everything down. So if we shut everything down, what's going to be the drawing power for people that don't hear about what Jesus is doing? That was the drawing power back then. That's got to be a drawing power too. Sure, I appreciate the good word. I appreciate the congregation, being a part of the congregation. I appreciate that. But it says he taught, he preached, and he healed. He did miracles. We've got to bring it back to the church. We've got to believe God. And I'm not saying that just for the preachers. No. He's talking, he's talking to every one of us here that, that, that's saved. You're supposed to be doing the same thing that the preachers do. You're supposed to be getting the gospel out to the, to the lost out there. How many of you know the lost ain't going to keep flooding in here? I'm thankful for every soul that gets saved in here. Believe me, I am. But if there, as prophesied, there's going to be one billion souls saved in this next revival. This already started. One billion souls. That's with a B. It ain't going to be done just by a few preachers. It's going to be the whole church. Like I think you said, everybody on deck. That's what the Lord's saying today. Everybody on deck. You're in, you're in the church. You've got things to do. You know, if that, that woman with the issue of blood, she suffered for 18 years, spent all her money. And she wasn't getting any better. I know what she feels like. 
I've been to them doctors. I went to the two that almost killed me. And I'm, I mean, I literally. But if she would not have heard what Jesus was doing in Jerusalem, she would have stayed where she was and she would have died. But somebody told her that Jesus was around and that he was still healing people and he was doing miracles. And she heard that and it got down in her spirit. And so she picked herself up and she went where Jesus was. You talk about church growth. People are going to go where Jesus is. They'll even tear the roof off of the place if they hear Jesus is there and they have a need. Yeah, they'll tear the roof off. You just get the message out of there. So-and-so that had this disease, he went to that church over there and, and they laid hands on him and Jesus healed him. And he tells these people over there, and this one comes and they get healed. This one, and it starts to spread all through the valley. I pray for this valley every day. There's going to be a revival here like never before. It's going to hit here. It's going to hit here. Church growth. Oh. It's not going to be done by programs. It ain't, it ain't going to happen. If you remember years ago, I preached a message, and it was titled, Hold the Mail. Uh, some of you may remember me. I based it on a dream that I had. The Lord gave me a dream, and in the dream there was two, two men working on a big piece of machinery, and the machinery was opened up. You see all the gears and everything in it, what was working, and he was putting mayo, mayonnaise in there to make it function. And I looked in the dream, I looked at their feet, and they were standing in oil. The moral of the story is they discarded the anointing oil, the anointing, they discarded the anointing for a substitute. Trying to make the machinery work that God didn't ordain for it to work by. Some churches will give you free coupons to McDonald's for muffins. coffee at the door, regular or decaf. And it blows my mind what preachers will do today to get people into the church. But God showed us how to get people into the church. We've got to lift up the name of Jesus like never before. Like never before. One of the brothers that went to our church, he came up to me one time during the service, and he says, Pastor, I, got, I, I just had a vision. I said, okay, tell the people the vision. He says, in the vision, I seen Jesus sitting in the last row back there in our church. And I went back to him, and I says, what are you doing back here, sitting back here in this last seat in the back there? He said, I'm waiting for them to want me. See, we got to come to church wanting Jesus like never before. 
We're not, we're not, we're not coming for something superficial. We're coming for Jesus. He's got to be the main thing. The main thing. It's the only way we're going to get things done is by lifting him up and doing the works that he did. He said in, his, in the scriptures in John 14, 12, the works that I did, you shall do also. You, you, you. You're supposed to be doing these works. Oh, don't get silent on me now. No, don't get silent. I'm working. It's just not me, Pastor Rick, Pastor Mike, that's supposed to be getting the people healed, saved. We can't reach everybody. You've got a whole valley out there. Though. If everyone, if everyone in this church would lift up the name of Jesus, pray for people, give them the gospel, you'd be surprised what would happen in this whole valley. You want to see a revival? Take what you get here, out there. Take the name of Jesus from here, out there. A lot of people may, may sound like they don't want to hear about Jesus, but they do. They do. They're hurting. They're really hurting. I try to, I try to talk to somebody when I go out, even the cashiers in the store. I'll just drop a little line and say, hey, Am I going to see you in heaven? <laughs> the last one looked at me real strange. Like, she says, yeah, am I going to see you there? I says, yeah, I'm going to be in the front row. <laughs> but start a conversation. That's all you got to do, start a conversation. Find, find a way to communicate with people. And if they say, you're going through the line, they say, boy, I'm, I'm hurting today. Boy, my back, you know, I'm hurting. You care if I pray for you? Right there. Right, right there. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Lift him up. Pray for people. One, I heard one person testify that they was going through the grocery line like I did. And they just went up to this cashier, the woman, and says, Jesus loves you. And didn't say no more. And all of a sudden, the lady's head went bang down on the, on the counter, weeping and crying. She couldn't stop. She says it for quite a while, just their head down there crying and weeping just because somebody said, Jesus loves you. And when she lifted up her head, he led her to the Lord. That was in a grocery store. That was in a line, in the checkout line. It's a simple Jesus loves you. And he has a plan for your life. You'd be surprised. That gets down in their spirit. And I, I say it a lot to the same person. Like the, the last one, his name is Joshua in ShopRite. I said, am I going to see you in heaven? He says, you asked me that the last time. <laughs> I asked you again. <laughs> I'm persistent. I, I keep going after him. <laughs> You're making me get off all my notes here. What did the Lord command the people, his disciples, before he left to go to heaven? He commanded them. He didn't suggest to them. It wasn't a suggestion. He commanded them not to leave the upper room 
until they be endued with power. Have we been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Do you have the power of Almighty God in your life? Then what are we doing with it? We need to take what we get here out there. I'm going to keep saying that. We've got to take what we get here from, from the preaching, from the healing, and take it out to the people that are hurting out there. They're hurting. They're hurting bad. Now, um, you know, I get dreams from the Lord. He talks to me as I'm in the dream or awakening from a dream. And one time he spoke to me in the dream and says, take me to the streets. Take me to the streets. He didn't say take me to this church or that church. He said, take me to the streets. He even said it in the word of God, take me to the highways and the byways. Take me all over this earth. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. But get out there and do it. It's got to be done in the streets. We'll never win all the, the, the lost by just being in here. They're not going to come in here like, like we would need to have them come in here. They're not going to do it. There will be so many that will come and get saved. But the majority are out there waiting for you. Waiting for you to go and tell them that Jesus loves you. He has a plan for you. If you have a need, I'll pray for you. Just get down and do it. Don't be timid. Even in Acts 4 where they, they were threatened by the authorities. Not to speak the name of Jesus. But what did they do? They went back to their house and had a prayer meeting. And they asked the Lord to give them boldness so they can go back out and heal. And what happened? The Lord shook the whole building. He shook the whole building and he baptized them afresh in the Holy Ghost with boldness. And they left that place not paying any attention to the politicians. And they went out and spread the gospel and healed the sick. This is what we need to be doing. I used to have a, a prophecy here. I don't know what I did with it. About the, about the winds. <laughs> Boy, things disappeared. The enemy taking my notes now. But anyway, about two years ago, two or three years ago, in another dream, the Lord said, I'm sending the wind that will bring in the harvest. Now get that in your spirit. He said, I'm sending the wind that will bring in the harvest. How many of you remember the day of Pentecost? There was the wind that came. And then there was a harvest. 3,000 people got saved. And then it kept getting saved, getting saved. And it was out in the streets. It was getting saved. And it reminded me of a prophecy that I've kept for years. 
I've never got rid of it. It's called Turn Your Face to the Wind. It was by a prophet named David Miner on April 6, 1987. It's better if I read some of it rather than to try to explain it and remember the sister's prophetic word. The Spirit of God would say to you that the wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing through the land. The church, however, is incapable of fully recognizing this wind. Just as your nation has given names to hurricanes, so I have put my name on this wind. This wind shall be named holiness unto the Lord. We just heard about consecration from pastor. Holiness unto the Lord, sold out completely to God for his purposes. That's what he's after, sold out completely, not superficial. Because of a lack of understanding, some of the people will try to find shelter from the wind, but in so doing, they shall miss my work. For this wind has been sent to blow through every institution that has been raised in my name. In those institutions that have substituted their name for mine, they shall fall by the impact of the wind. Those institutions shall fall like cardboard shacks in a gale. Ministries that have not walked in uprightness before me shall be broken and fall. For this reason, man will be tempted to brand this work of Satan. But do not be misled. This is my wind. I cannot tolerate my church in its present form, nor will I tolerate it. Ministries and organizations will shake and fall in the face of the wind. And that's happening, even as I speak, that's happening, even mega churches. And even though some will seek to hide from that wind, they shall not escape. It shall blow against your lives and all around you will appear crumbling and so it shall. But never forget this, my, my wind, saith the Lord. This is my wind. With tornado force, it will come and appear to leave devastation. But the word of the Lord comes and says, turn your face into the wind and let it blow. For only that which is not of me shall be devastated. You must see this as necessary. You must see it as necessary. Some of us have been wondering, why are we going through all of this turmoil and all of this troubles? Sometimes you feel, I know myself, Lord, don't you love me anymore? Uh, did I do something wrong? Am I in sin? Tell me what I'm doing. Let me repent. Because things were just going one after another, just bang, 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 bang. They call it the wilderness, where you, you can't see, you can't hear from the Lord. It's just bad. That's all I can explain. It was just bad. You remember Jesus went through the wilderness experience too. But he said when he came out of that wilderness, he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Right? These things we're going through, and I've had several tell me what you're going through, God's preparing you for your next step of your destiny. I said, I'm 84 years old. I'm not Abraham. <laughs> you can make me into an Abraham if he wants. You see me, I gotta have people help me go up the stairs. But God is looking for people that he can trust, 
that he can give his power to in a mighty way, even to do great works. He said, I know some people believe that the greater works are because more people will be doing them. That's part of it. But I believe there's works that are going to happen that we, we, we didn't even think of. How many of you remember? Was it Joshua? He, he made the sun stay there. He made the moon stay there. I'd say that was a pretty good uh, miracle. You know? But the Lord's going to use us in this hour, those that are consecrated, those that are facing that wind of holiness under the Lord. There may just be a remnant, but he'll use that remnant to get his will done. He's going to get his will done. He's just wanting to find out who wants to go along with him to get it done. It's going to happen. There's a process. It's called sanctification, consecration. But even with uh, John the Baptist, I preached on him one time on Luke 180, where it says he was in the wilderness until the time of his showing. See, that's what's happening with the church. We're in a wilderness time. But our show time is almost here. And the purpose of that showtime is for a showdown. Just like it was up on Mount Carmel. They're going to find out whose God is God. They're going to find out that Jesus alone is God. All these other ones are false gods, and they will fall. And Jesus will be magnified. And his fame will spread all through the earth once again. It's going to happen. All he said, like he said to Peter when he was washing, washing their feet. Peter said, you ain't washing my feet. Good old Peter. I love that boy. Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you will have no part with me. You're going to have, have a part with Jesus in this last revival and get the cleansing process done. Amen. Face that wind and let it blow out all of the, the trash that's in our lives that would hold us back. Amen. He says he wouldn't, he's not going to put that kind of power in a church in the condition it is today. He says he's not going to do it. That's why he's sending the wind to purge all of that from us and from these institutions they just want people in their church to get the money Amen. you're preaching good Frank I know thanks oh, I don't know about you but I want to have a part with Jesus I, I don't want to I don't want to be left out, out of what he's doing I, I just can't do that um Let's go to one more scripture. Mark 16. There you are. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world. What did he say? Go ye into all the world. He didn't say 
hop from this church to that church. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Now get that part right there. These signs shall follow them that believe. It didn't say these signs will follow the pastor. <laughs> these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and maybe they'll recover. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's reading their Bible anyway, it's good. <laughs> and see, that's where many of the preachers will stop right there with their message. But I had in my spirit, read down a little bit. Read down a little bit. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. And they went forth and preached everywhere. And what happened? The Lord working with them, co-laborers. The Lord working with them, and what did he do? He confirmed the word with signs following. My job, what I get paid for, is to convince you that this word is true, that Jesus is alive, He's here with us. He's going to do mighty works. What he did yesterday, he's going to do today. And he said, if I can convince you that's the truth, then I'll confirm my word and I'll heal him. Easy, Frank. I get too excited. But that's what he's saying. If you'll just believe this, I'll confirm that word. Amen. See, it takes the, the only load on, on me is to convince you that this is true. That's my job. But he said he'll confirm it if I can convince you. Did I convince you? I hope so. Jesus is waiting for us to exercise our faith, to believe this is true, what I said here, that he's here, he's right here, right now. Just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not here. He's here. One of these days you're going to see him, not just by faith. I have a funny feeling he's going to manifest himself one of these days, and you're going to know this word is true. But if you believe that he's here and he'll do the same works today that he did when he was on the earth, he'll touch you today. He will touch you. There was a time period about, oh, two years, two and a half years, when we had to leave the apartment because he sold the building. I had fallen and fractured two discs in my back. And then found out later, my wife had cancer all through her body. 
and her in her, in her spine and her back was hurt. We would lay on the bed and cry out to God, take us home. There was there was nobody around except my some of my family. And I used to tell the Lord, I can't bear this anymore. You said you wouldn't give me any more than I can bear. And it got that bad for the both of us. And as some of you know, cancer took my wife, wife's life. She's now in heaven. She upset me. I was supposed to go first. I made all arrangements for my going first, and she, I'll have to have a talk with her when I get there. <laughs> but anyway, it's time for us to deal with the enemy. It's said that the Lord made a show of the enemy openly. It's time for us to continue the show. And it's openly out there in the public. Revealing Jesus to all of them. I just pray that I got this message across and that you want to be one of those that will work with the Lord and take his name out there to the people and let's make Jesus famous again. I told you there was two wins. Do I have time, Pastor? I don't want to take away from what you're going to do. <laughs> okay, the second wind. Be not dismayed, for after my wind shall blow again. Have you not read how my breath blew on the valley of dry bones? So it shall breathe on you. The wind will come in equal force as the first wind. This wind also will have a name, and it shall be called the kingdom of God. It shall bring my government order. Along with that, it shall bring my power. The supernatural shall come in the wind. The world will laugh at you because of the devastation of the first wind, but they will laugh no more. For this wind will come with force and power that will produce the miraculous among my people, and the fear of God shall fall on the nation. I wanted to fall on the church first. That's, my people will be willing in the day of my power, saith the Lord. In my first wind that is upon you now, I will blow out pride, lust, greed, competition, and jealousy, and you will feel devastated. But haven't you read, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So out of your poverty of spirit, I will establish my kingdom. Have you not read the kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost? So by my spirit, my kingdom will be established and made manifest. Know this also, there will be those who shall seek and hide from the present wind, and they will try to flow with the second wind. That ain't going to happen. You have longed for revival and a return of the miraculous and the supernatural. You and your generation shall see it. Get that. You and your generation shall see it. 
but it's only going to come by my process. And that's that wilderness experience that a lot of us are going through right now. The church of this nation cannot contain my power in its present form. But as it turns to the wind of the holiness of God, it shall be purged and changed to contain my glory. This is judgment that has begun in the house of God, but it is not the end. This last sentence is the best part. When the second wind has come and brought in my harvest, then shall the end come. You want Jesus to come? Get out there and get the harvest in. Get out and get the harvest in, and he will come. Now, before I wrap it up, what my wife and I went through, I went before the Lord, and I said, Lord, I'm asking you if you're going to keep me on this earth. I really don't want to be here. But if you're going to keep me on this earth, I'm asking for an anointing. I want to prophesy so the church can be edified. And I want the power gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow through my life. I'm asking for recompense for what the enemy took from me. It took my wife, cancer took my wife. So he says, I want a ministry where I would be used by you to heal the sick with cancer. So I'm gonna ask you, is there anybody here you've been diagnosed with cancer? If you're here and you want me to pray for you, I'm gonna ask you to come on up. You've been diagnosed with cancer. Anybody? Stay down there, it's all right. I can reach you. Lord Jesus, I preached the word, it's your word. And these are convinced that it's true. So the anointing you placed on my life and our lives, we're releasing it into their lives now. The anointing has a destroying power. So I release it to destroy every cancer cell in their bodies. I curse you to the roots. You will wither up and die, and you'll loose from their bodies in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. Now, Lord, be glorified in their lives. Bring them back with a testimony yes. of your greatness in Jesus' name. Anybody have anything else? Okay. You go believe in God. You can believe in God. Come back with your testimony. Amen. Also in the NIV, where it says in our text there, we're about torments. He healed them that had torment. In the NIV, that's severe pain. Now, if there's anybody here, you're suffering from severe pain, I'd like to pray for you. Severe pain. You come on up, I want to pray for you. Pastors will pray for you. 
you have severe pain in your body. Let's believe God now, church. Pray with us. You believe the word that was preached? Did I convince you it's real, that Jesus is here? All right, if I convince you, we're going to see some miracles here. Lord Jesus, I can't lay hands on all of them. All right, thank you, Jesus. But these other pastors will. Thank you, Jesus. They're convinced that your word is true, that you're here, Lord, to do mighty works. I've did my job, Lord, now it's your time to work. I'm asking you now to confirm your word in, into, their, into their bodies now and take away this severe pain. No matter where it is, Lord, if you have to do miracles, if you have to do construction in, in their backs or shoulders or whatever you have to do, Lord, you're, you're a great God. You're a mighty God. You, oh, God, you can do wonders. So today we're believing for signs and wonders in everybody. I release the anointing. Lord, the anointing you've given to us, I release it to destroy the power of pain. I command the infirmity, the spirit of infirmity called pain. Loose these bodies. Loose them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm here to make your name famous again. Do the work, Lord. Glorify your name here, Lord. Let your name spread all through the valley of the great things you're doing, Lord. In Jesus' name be healed. Be healed. Be healed. I better. Would you get my stuff up there? I don't want to. May help you down. Go ahead. Um, Megan, did you say you had something? I don't. I don't want to stop it. Okay. Even before uh, Pastor was afflicted and the enemy came after him, the Lord has been putting hearts on my heart. My dad died at 57 of a massive heart attack, and he's had me praying over hearts, not just physical hearts, but spiritual hearts as well. We're seeing discouragement, division. We're seeing um, hopelessness in ways that I haven't seen before. And I just, if anybody has a heart condition, whether it's physical, or emotional or spiritual, if there's something afflicting you, please come forward because the Lord wants to touch your heart and heal you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, not just. This is for everybody. This is not just pain. It's not just cancer. This is everywhere there's a heart condition. And Pastor, I know the Lord's healing you. I'm going to ask you to lay hands on these people and start praying because pastor you too Vinny come lay hands you need to pray. him <laughs> make him pull around yeah you're out there and you have no issue with your heart, extend your hands this way. Father, we know that the Bible says so much about the heart and it's the source of our 
our life, Lord. It pumps blood through our bodies, but even more than that, our, our hearts towards you, Lord. They're, they're the ones that get sick and diseased as well. So, Father, I pray for everyone today who has an issue that the doctor said you have this or you have that, Lord God. We just declare complete and total healing in every heart, Lord. Our hearts belong to you. Jesus, you're in our hearts. And so, Father, we command sickness and infirmity to leave these bodies, Lord God, and that there would be healing and there would be restoration. Father, where hearts are clogged, where they're not pumping enough, where there's arrhythmias, Lord. Father, I speak to every condition Lord, nothing is too difficult for you. We believe your word, and we've been believing for revival. We've been believing for healing. So, God, loose your anointing today and touch every heart. Let us get good reports from the doctors that they wouldn't understand how and they wouldn't understand why, but they'd have to document that there's a change, that there was healing, that there's a difference. Father, I pray for each one's faith today that we wouldn't just lay back and accept and say, this is my lot and I need this medicine, I need that surgery. But, Lord, we would believe first your word and your healing touch. We receive it in Jesus' name. Come on, receive it today. Receive it. I receive your healing touch, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Stand in faith today. Stand in faith. Don't let the birds of the air snatch away what God has done. Amen. Amen. Amen.